0: The following is a Bunkazilla original production. We are monsters of culture. To be or not to be WWE bound? That is the question posing many, many people today. Hello and welcome to Bunker Mania, pro wrestling podcast discussion, where myself, the Giraffe Me, Jeremy Graves, and my cohorting crime, who will be on screen for you video viewers in just a moment, the Decadane, Mr. Ian Bolton, will be discussing a variety of topics on today's show. We'll be discussing Survivor Series from WWE from, from this past weekend at the time we are recording this, and of course, the continuing weekly ongoing debate that could arguably at this point just be called... Who's coming or going from AEW? That next part of the discussion begins imminently. But first of all, I mentioned him. The decade, Mr. Ian Bolton, my cohort in crime. How are you doing today? I
1: am doing good. Thank you for asking. I hope you're doing well as well. And to everyone watching and listening to the show as well. Um, yeah, we're, we're, in Christmas. We're, in, we're in the right to Christmas now. It's about 20, it's the 2nd of December. So we've got what, 20, 22 days left till Christmas? Time's flying, isn't it? Wonderful. <laughs> uh, it's the wonderful time of year where oh, everything just speeds up. And then there's mince pies. So, Lots of mince pies. I'm going to be honest, I've
0: never really been a mince pie fan. That's I mean, to dying. be fair, I'm not really just like a festive guy anyway. Like, I, I, okay, I'm just going to put this out there now before I become a heel. If you are someone listening to this who is really into like the festive cheer and everything like that, Good on you. I'm happy for you. Just leave me in my corner of, of whimsy and misery at times, is how i put it. <laughs> I think for me, it's usually I, I will
1: feel more Christmassy as we get closer to the date. So starting to hear Christmas songs like the 1st of December, like I did yesterday, it's kind of like, okay, um, it's a bit early. Let's wait a little bit. I mean, once once we get into like, to the, like the, the week before, the week and a half before, um, yeah, then I will feel a bit more Christmassy. But right now it's just like, it's still December. It's still some time to go. Let's just get everything in order before the very very busy holiday uh, season. And I think that's the same with wrestling in a way because it it looks like we've got no more major major events going on apart from probably winter is coming from AEW side until until the new year. There's no day one now, so we don't necessarily have a new year new pay per views to stick or premium live event to kick off. So it's uh, yeah, it's kind of like everyone's taking their sort of gentle time to get to Santa Claus
0: and speaking of taking sweet time a little bit of a of some housekeeping programming notes, a run first of all if i and if you're a new listener i'm jeremy hello thank you very much for checking out the show uh, if Hi, i jeremy. Re- if i sound like i'm not entirely with it today slash my voice sounds horrid it's because i've been suffering from a sinus infection for the past week which escalated in many ways during the week so i'm sort of just about i would say i'm over the hill on that but i'm still not perfect so i've had the medicine and whatnot I've had the prescription stuff. So if at any point it randomly sounds like I stopped talking, it's probably because I'm coughing my guts up and I'm trying to make sure you folks don't have to hear that. Just a small programming note. Additionally, if you are joining us on YouTube, thank you very much for checking out the show. Hope you enjoy it. And if you feel so inclined, hit that like and subscribe button. Or if you're checking us out audio only form, no matter where you have found us, thank you very much for giving us a chance. And of course, you can be sure to find our entire podcast archive on all of those platforms as well. So if you have a lot of spare time in the run-up to the festive, the height of the festive season, I'm trying not to say the key word there. You can tell how awkward this is going to be. You can indulge in all of those episodes, including if you are one of our audio-only listeners, some of the bonus episodes that we've done exclusively for audio content Indulgers. Mm-hmm. That's a weird word. But but Ian, sir, I know we're gonna talk about at the end of the show some more programming notes So we won't sort of dwell on that too much now in terms of how we're gonna be doing things for the rest of the year. But mm-hmm. let's begin the day. Well, in fact, no, I'll let you decide. Here you go. A little mystery box, a little here's my attempt to be festive. Do you want to start with WWE or AEW? <laughs> well, I because we've because we've already started talking about it
1: in the intro, we might as well just get over to AEW. And and talk and okay. talk about everything that's what happened past full gear, pretty much to do with one William Regal.
0: Yeah, so the big story of the week when it comes to AEW Dynamite and such from this past Wednesday, there were there were actually I've got to say, it was a great episode of Dynamite overall. The first mm-hmm. hour was freaking great television. The main event, once again, the trios match between the Bucks and the Death Triangle, was mental and great fun. There was about a half an hour, 40 minute period though, in that second hour where something just went weird. One of those things involved the segment, well, quite simply involving MJF and William Regal. Now to kind of set the scene a little bit, the show actually began with John Moxley coming out to kind of do a promo. I think he said something to the effect of, there are three things for sure in life, death, taxes, and John Moxley. That's a great T-shirt waiting to happen. Someone do it. Yeah. And he was basically going, who's going to take me on? There's no one left. And then Hangman Page came out. Some some words were exchanged by John Moxley, which effectively led to him going, are you sure you want to do this after our last match? Wait a minute. Can you even remember our last match? And then we had a bit of a beatdown happen and lean to a pull-apart brawl. This escalated into another segment backstage where they still had a brawl. And we heard on commentary, both men were ejected out of the arena because of that. That plays an important role here, as well as another segment where there was the Jericho Appreciation Society minus Jericho and mm-hmm. Claudio and Wheeler Utah with Renee Young, uh, Renee Paquette, sorry, old habits die hard. Um, for some reason, being in Nashville, I don't know why, they weren't in the arena. I can't remember exactly where they were. I think they were in Texas, but for some reason, they were live in Nashville, quote unquote. And they did a live segment, which clearly had been edited because stuff was happening, including Jake Hager's hat. That seemingly was just the talk of the town in that segment. (laughs) But this meant now to set the scene properly, the only member of the Blackpool Combat Club in the arena left at this point was Brian Danielson, who had had a really fun match against Dax Harwood to open up the show after that initial segment. Mm -hmm. Keeping all of that in mind, MJF comes out, Your your world champion he's addressing the crowd and something is just off and william regal's also out there he kind of came out just before mjf did they sort of came back from commercial he was making his way but something was just off in this segment and mjf starts talking about an email that he received from regal after their their their, their one-on-one promo thing that they had that the really freaking good one and regal essentially said I can help you get to the next level of being a villain, but you mustn't use the diamond ring, you must grab the brass ring read between the lines. Mm-hmm. That leads to the finish of all out, which implies this has been happening for in brewing for the full past gear. few weeks. Sorry, forget. Give me okay. one of those Give me one of those shows folks. Thank you, Ian. <laughs> um and MJF is talking for a very long time. And it's getting to the point where I think for the first time ever in an MJF promo, I'm actually just going, can you get to the point and shut up so we can move on? Because this genuinely dragged and the crowd were weird. It was really, really weird. You could almost tell that MJF was trying to get the crowd to react. It was like, all right, what other card in my deck of cards do I have here? Ah, I'll play this card. Let's see if that one works. It just didn't. The climax of the segment was mjf revealing he has a new championship belt which was the 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 3b the big burberry belt the only difference Mm. is the actual gold plating is now not scuffed up to buggery and it's all nice and clean and shiny but the leather has if you look closely a burberry pattern to it because lord knows on my tv i couldn't see it at first glance so i just thought what's different (laughs) it's very faint it's a very faint pattern and it
1: it's like, I can imagine, I, I can see the idea behind it, but to me it's just like, okay, it's just some weird patterns to make it look like the scarf. I get it, but it's
0: it's weird. It is. And the climax of this was MJF kind of doing his usual shtick, but then he starts to ask the crowd to give William Regal some appreciation, which everyone's going to do because it's Regal, regardless of what's happened in storyline. Max walks behind him. And when that happened, it's like, what's about to happen here? Because this seems very deliberate in terms of movement. And then he's got the brass knuckles on his hand at this point, kind of acknowledging what had happened. And he clocks Regal right in the the, the back of the head, kind of almost in between neck and shoulder, head and shoulder area, if you will, right on the back of the neck. Mm-hmm. And Regal just goes down in a heap. And then this leads to Max leaving A bunch of people coming out, including what Max left through the crowd, I should emphasize. And he had also emphasized as well during his promo. Chances are, if you want to see me defend this belt, you're going to have to pay for it. Because I ain't going to be defending this often. Kind of almost in some way saying, you know that Roman Reigns fella who you hardly ever Mm. see? That's kind of what it said to me. Excluding the winter is coming defense over a couple of weeks time, it should be noted. Hmm. This led to doctors coming out, Danielson coming out, of which he only had like one boot on because we had been told he'd been in the trainer's room. So it was very much designed to come across like this, this is bad. And ultimately we come back from the adverts and Regal is on a backboard. He's taken into an ambulance. Danielson goes in an ambulance with him and he is taken out of the arena. There has been some speculation going around the past couple of weeks with many publications that something might be up when it comes when it comes to regal status with AEW. Mm-hmm. There was talk of this before Survivor Series. There was a very, very, very pronounced tweet by Triple H, where on the night of Survivor Series War Games, he effectively did something to the effect of, "It's just not the same without," and then it just has a picture of Regal kind of shouting into a microphone. Mm. So when you see that, you're like, "That's." Huh. That, to say that's on the nose is a is a little bit of an understatement Mm. and this was escalated further post dynamite by sort of publications like the wrestling observer and dave meltzer sort of alluding to the fact of something's up but wouldn't elaborate anymore which then the next day led i think it was to pw insider claiming that regal is wwe bound and then I think Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful then tweeting because I think he's currently suffering from COVID, which I've been there, buddy, yeah. like, flipping, I don't envy you. But he ended up tweeting something to the effect of Regal's deal is up in December. So there's a lot of seemingly potential moving parts here, but to kind of now allow you to speak for a second, Ian, here, it kind of implies that Regal has been completely written out of storyline here, effectively killed yeah. off, and he's coming back to WWE.
1: Yeah, um, I think if the angle hadn't played out on television, that particular angle of the MGF attack, I I'd kind of be more on that. If he's if he to WWE, he goes to WWE. If he's staying for AW, he's staying with AW, and and whatever happens happens. But the news reports this, it it all it all kind of pinpoints towards yeah, there's some truth to this. There's some possible truth to this. I mean, for all we know, it might not happen. This is the thing. It's like, this is one of the things is no one necessarily has come out to offer a definitive statement to my knowledge, to my knowledge. I know there was, there were a, a, a sort of like uh, ideas band around that. The contract was possibly one year. So when he started at revolution to three years or so forth, or there's an opt out clause in the, in the contract, which is my, which may be the reason why this is happening now. It's, it's, the the matter is there is quite a lot of speculation and the, the wrestling sites that reporting are reporting up obviously trying to make sure they're getting the right information before they go off and, and, or, or, and report because obviously at the end of the day, they don't, they don't go out. They don't try to make a story. Well, let me rephrase this. They will only say a, a story. Well, they'll only share a story if there's, they feel there's some legit concrete stuff to it.
0: Especially one, given the way that this year, as a whole, which we may get onto in a future show before yeah. the end of the year, the way this yeah. year has played out from legitimate, I've got leg- legitimate news items have played out this year. Yeah, you need to be very credible right now when it comes to reporting things.
1: There is a there is a very good there is a very good video from WrestleTalk, Talk Wrestle Talks uh, Friday podcast. I think it's the Blackpool content club. So really, it's a nice little Friday show where they sort of talk about general topics and they did a really good, I think it's a 19 minute episode talking about, um, the news reports and kind of how the report of say Malachi Black's recent sort of AEW news stories have been going and kind of, and, and kind of understanding where is this sort of, I think trying to think what, where is I'm trying to get this right. It's kind of understanding how people are trying to report this story and, and the things that people need to be aware of when they're trying to obviously share stories and so forth. I think, think, again, it's, it it comes down to a lot of sometimes outlets are actually are telling what they are, are legitimately telling, but it's the, it's through social media. It's through hearsay of the distortion, the sort of alteration, or just kind of re, uh, rewriting, rewriting the story to, Hit your your point per se. So for example, it's kind of like you can take you can take any sort of f- a fact of a film or it's basically
0: clickbait. It's clickbait material, really. In in, in that sense. You it's you in say, a way, oh, what's the word? E- editorializing, is that the word? Kind yeah. Kind of adding editorializing. your own spin to what you've been told. But then trying to make it sound like, oh, it's legitimate fact, this is what it's gonna be. Yep.
1: And that's why when we on the show, I feel when we do talk about these sort of news articles, we do, we do obviously. Obviously, we credit back to where we've seen and read this initial. But at the end of the day, it's like we don't have we don't have the the knowledge. We don't have the knowledge full, and I mean, <laughs> we probably never will be in a position where we know all that knowledge. But it's yeah, it's it's been a year where, and this might be something for our, our, our end of twenty twenty two show is, but it's been a year where simple stories have kind of kind of mutated into something that was never there
0: to begin with and very much many of those stories have just escalated yeah in various ways be them ultimately uh, again i'm not going to spoil all all the stuff we're going to talk about but just think about some of the baseline things from this year we'll just pick out three sasha and naomi yeah was a big thing that's still technically as far as the public is concerned not resolved Mm -hmm. the vince mcmahon stuff yeah. Has been resolved to a point, but we don't actually know how it's actually been resolved, if at all yet. Mm. And now look at look at you know, the all out stuff that happened. Yep, and now this regal stuff that's just four, but there are so many more things that have happened this year.
1: Yeah, I mean it's like the it's like the it's like the uh, initial con- uh, WWE content in AEW starts when Triple H took over and the center of obviously contract tampering and then it escalates to some, you've got the whole Bobby Fish side of things that comes out of that. It's, again, it's, yeah, I'm trying not to go too far off the off what we're talking mm. about, but it's been a year where stories, there have been big stories uh, and, and some stories have, have been resolved. Some stories have clearly kind of, we've got a, a good picture and an understanding through the, the newspaper or not newspaper, the wrestling sites uh, reports.
0: I wish it was newspapers uh, at this point. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the sun. No, not the sun. No, oh, God, please, no, no, no. Not the Sun. no, not the sun. Um, on the mail on Sunday. No, that's even worse. Um, well, I'll tell you
0: what, let me ask you this as a question. It okay. sort of helped get back on the topic, but I think this will help lead it further. Yeah. At this point, regardless of what his role may or may not be, do you think Regal, based on what we have heard, read, and seen, do you actually think he is going back now? And more to the point, do you think Tony Khan will allow it?
1: I think yes on both accounts. Um, I, I, I it's like it, it, it all seem It all seems very. It seem it seems all very kind of set in stone, or basically the path has been made for it to happen. Um, and I think considering. I think the thing we, I think Tony Khan would probably be open to letting him go because A, Regal is a legend. He earns a lot of respect in the industry. Uh, so the last thing you want to do for more of the the heavyweights in, in the industry is to really kind of, oh, will not say punish a legend, but kind of hold hold on to a legend for the sake of oh, I don't want him to go to WWE. On the other, because if he does go to WWE, if anything, it's gonna be. It's going to be probably similar to his role when he was with Triple H in NXT, um, and there may there may be a very slight on screen role. He might, you never know. He might turn up as the as the manager of something on the main roster for for the first time rather than NXT. It's just, yeah, it's just in terms of a talent benefit or talent, like it's not gonna it's not gonna change it's not gonna suddenly change viewership numbers. It's not like for say say if say a CM Punk was to somehow through hell or high water make a WWE too. if it's like the elite going over to WWE it's there's a different I think that will have a different impact if that's the case we kind of saw it when Cody kind of moved back over to WWE there was a a, a certain impact a sort of um, a, a new sort of look of how they were treating stars like Cody at that time I don't necessarily see that being the same case with William Regal it's more of a coaching backstage sort of environment so it, it's hard to, it, I can't imagine how, and it's not being, it's not trying to be kind of looking at it in negative light, but it's like Ringo will probably be there to offer advice and coaching, but it's not going to necessarily change the product again. I mean, a lot of changes already happened with WWE and people seem to be quite happy with the product. So it's not like it needs to be completely refined
0: again or something. I, I, I'm talking too much on it, really. Well, to add my two cents, I do agree with everything you said. I think there is definitely cause for Regal to go back. Because clearly Mm. at the time everything happened, things just weren't in a good place in WWE. A lot has changed, like you said. And with Triple H now running the ship, and him and Regal clearly having a very good relationship, regardless of what happened ultimately, Mm. you can tell there is probably that thing of, if he could go back to WWE, he would. But at the same Mm. time, if he couldn't, I don't think he'd be upset about it. Because everything he's done with AEW, like even just when he's been on commentary, it's added a whole new dynamic to how you watch a match. And him adding little elements of characterization to things that maybe the other announcers wouldn't have considered. He's added a very unique flavor to the television Mm. program, to AEW's television programming. I do think Regal's... Regal's role as a whole in AEW has never fully been realized. When you think That's about fair. it, the Blackpool Combat Club, the, the freaking Blackpool Combat Club is named basically after him. What's going to happen now? Uh, we may get onto that soon. But there's the whole thing of the Blackpool Combat Club was formed the way it was formed with the whole Danielson and Moxley thing and him just coming in and being the mediator of slapping them both in the face. It was Mm. such a fun way to bring him in and then bringing in Wheeler Uta and elevating him. You've got the Claudio element as well, which admittedly was kind of because Danielson was injured in that moment there and then. But it was still just a really cool thing that everyone was behind. And arguably the peak of the Blackpool Combat Club was the stuff involving anarchy in the arena and blood and guts. Because Mm. since then, nothing much has happened. And it's a shame because it kind of feels like like, some, I've kind of been thinking about this when it comes to AEW as a whole, but there are... While I still enjoy watching the show, I enjoy taking it all in, I, I love getting invested in it, there are a number of things where you just kind of think, what's happened there? Like, why has that suddenly gone to the wayside? I mean, look, case in point, randomly on Dynamite, there was a Technique by Taz video package, which was really fun to see games we haven't seen them in a while, but it was about Hook defeating Lee Moriarty, and I suddenly thought... Why has this come out of nowhere? where the hell's Hook? <laughs> it's just, it's another one of those things. So that might be another thing to discuss in the end of 2022 thing that we're going to try and do at some point. But I do think that Regal's role as a whole in AEW has never been fully realized. There have been wonderful gems of moments, unbelievable mm. moments involving Regal. And what he has brought mm. to the product has been fantastic. But at this point, if he were to go back to WWE, I don't think it... I don't think it's a major unbalancing of things. It, the biggest no. thing is just what the hell is happening with the Blackpool Combat Club, but that's just, like I said, been a question for a while. Yeah.
1: It's yeah, it's it it's it's weird with the Blackpool Combat Club because when they came together, or started coming together, it was like th- this was a hot faction. Now it's not. Now it's all. It's again. You, you everyone's kind of gone off on their own, sort of different sort of directions. We've had. Daniel, uh no, we have Brian Danielson with Dan- Daniel Garcia, for example, for the last couple of months. We've had Utah having his own little few of MGF, uh, Claudio with Jericho and stuff like that. They've all kind of gone, uh, they've all kind of gone off on their own directions and not really kind of had to deal something as a unit since, say, blood and guts, to be
0: honest. And, and admittedly, so, to to just quickly add a point before I let you continue, you can very easily argue, which I would agree with in many ways, that all the stuff. Post all out did not help because that probably derailed mm. a lot of plans they had, which then meant a few of the Blackpool Combat Club members suddenly had to be in a title tournament. So yeah. th- th- that factored in. It still doesn't change the point, but please continue. Uh, no, no, I, I've, I've kind of
1: got to the end of my point there. Really, it's just basically <laughs> it, it, it was it was generally they were really at Blackpool Combat Club really solid, promising faction, and now it's just kind of like well they've all gone their own they're all on their own little stories at the moment. Doesn't really feel like they're tackling something together as a faction.
0: Good yeah, good point. And I think to, to sort of round off this this Blackpool Combat Club talk, if you will, on the Regal subject. Yeah. Just to kind of analyze where we are at with the, character, the characters, with each member of the Blackpool Combat Club. If you include Regal in this as well, just for argument's sake. Mm-hmm. Regal for all intent and purpose has been killed. <laughs> um, I don't laugh about that likely. I'm just saying in the context of it. Danielson mm-hmm we've seen on television, he clearly treats Regal like a father figure. So one assumes long-term he will be going after MJF and probably one of MJF's big first feuds. I can very much see that being the feud for revolution. If yeah. not, maybe very early in the new year time.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: I see that happening. Yeah. John Moxley and Adam Page is obviously a direction here. Yep. Wheeler Utah is so a weird one because he was about, and then just wasn't for like a month. And now he's back again. But he was having issues with other members of the Blackpool Combat Club, which is now, going back to that segment that I mentioned on Dynamite, where him and Claudio were with the JAS, he is now challenging Daniel Garcia for kind of a let's finish this between us match for the pure title at Final Battle, which is next weekend, the 10th of December. And you would barely know it based on this television show because, boy, did they do nothing to really promote it. From Claudio's point of view, and this was set up on Dynamite last week at the time we're recording this, he will be challenging Jericho for the ROH title. But the interesting elements of this, which I actually think works really well, the stipulation of the match is if Claudio doesn't, I'm going to assume it doesn't win the title rather than doesn't win the match, he mm-hmm. has to join the JAS and become a sports entertainer once again. Which I can see that actually being pretty good fun because him and Hager have got history. Mm. You can tell all like the little badgering that he'll have with all the, like, the other cronies in that group as well. I think that could actually be a fun storyline. You could mm. argue, is that not just the whole MJF Wardlow thing again? Yeah. But then it's like, yeah, except it's got Jericho involved and Claudio and Jake Hager in his hat. So it's going to be good. <laughs> and that's where we're at currently with the Blackpool Combat Club on that front. Mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll just pick one or two other quick elements from dynamite as it were because i appreciate we're going to try and keep it somewhat streamlined other things that are going to be happening on aew over the coming weeks we've got the dynamite diamond battle royal returning which is for the diamond mm-hmm. ring that, MG, that mgf just owns at this point there is literally a graphic doing the rounds that aew have put out where they've got like you know like how in like american sports they have like the hanging down banners to honor like past teams who have won a championship or past yo know, players from their history for like a basketball team mm-hmm. it just says 2019 20 and 21 each of them just say mjf on it in the background That's <laughs> really funny so the dynamite diamond battle royal i don't think this has been a stipulation before but i might have to be corrected on this apparently the winner of that or effectively the, the, whoever will p- own the diamond ring because there's sort of two different rulings i've heard here Effectively, okay. whoever comes up with the diamond ring ultimately can have a championship match anytime they want. But okay. the way I heard that was effective, the way I interpreted the way it was said was like a money in the bank style cash in. But I don't think it's that because I think um, it's going to be the winner of the battle royal will face the previous winner, who is MJF. And they set it up whereby Ethan Page has said he's going to win and get the first title shot after Starks. Ricky Starks said, "MJF, I'm coming for everything that's yours. I'm going to start off with the diamond ring, then I'm going to get your belt." Which I think that's a nice mm. little way to hook that in. Yeah, and I can I can see if we're going to
1: build Starks up as a credible challenger, I can see Starks taking the ring
0: mm. because
1: then it's because then because as much as MJF much as is amazing. It's just like, again, it's like you don't want to kind of just throw, throw everything onto MJF again. Or not, again, I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of looking at how we're doing it with the bloodline at the moment. Well, the bloodline exactly. is great. It's like putting all the big belts on them is kind of like, that's a good thing, but it's also a bad thing because like, okay, well, what's everyone else going to do in the meanwhile? While well, you've got four sets
0: of belts all around you. Well, do you know what? It's funny you mentioned that because you could argue this is actually now, ironically, despite everything we and a lot of other people have been saying for months, perhaps an advantage for AEW to have too many damn championships. <laughs> because if your world champion's not going to be around that much, you can elevate the other belts. Like, the trio's titles at the moment are just such a hot commodity because of these three matches that they've had mm. so far. The Bucks and Death Triangle, the All-Atlantic title. Oh, Orange Cassidy set up another match for the title, whereby QT Marshall had a backstage segment with him. And he's like, I keep getting interrupted. And Orange, I want to challenge you for the... Yeah, sure. Just gets cut all off right. by him. And he's like, oh, all right. Well, uh, I want to have it this Friday Rampage. Yeah, go on. Sure, Rampage, sure. Why not? Just one. And he's like, but but I want to have it as a lumberjack match. And Cassie's cuts up and goes, lumberjack match? Sure, fine, whatever. See you Friday. <laughs> and then QT Marshall's like, great, but I still got cut off. What the hell? <laughs> it's like you
1: got what you wanted, QT. Just stop it.
0: Just stop it's, it now. Exactly. So uh, elsewhere, I, I obviously mentioned the big Burberry belt thing. Uh, Ruby mm-hmm. Soho returned because the, the show yes. was in Indianapolis. Uh, so it's kind of a, her home state, if you will. So she's back on television now. Mm-hmm. And uh, Willow had a really impressive showing. It, it was quite an interesting dynamic when it came to Willow because we'd had the whole William Regal stuff happen and it was kind of this very like they, would, they designed it so you would feel very down and sad about it. And then you've got Willow coming up being all bubbly and smiling. It's like, Willow, your job is to get everyone happy again. <laughs> and it's she like, did a great
1: job. It's like, don't be sad, Rening Regal's probably dead to AEW, but let's have
0: a fun <laughs> match. <laughs> so they built that up up. There was a weird segment involving Jade Cargill though. Weird. Yeah, so, the little the little bow wow thing. Yeah. Essentially, her and Bow Wow, who I'm not familiar with as a rapper, just in general, I'm a metalhead. Full disclosure, people, that they're they're having an interaction of some kind. Bow Wow's now not touring, so as he said in a in a clearly taped backstage during the warm up act of his gig, video, <laughs> um, just clearly he just said, "I've got some free time. Maybe I'll see you soon." It's like, okay, well, something's going to happen there. So. And they're already. They're also teasing that the baddies might be splitting up because last week oh, I've totally forgotten her name. Someone
1: but the, got fired. Someone got fired last week, didn't
0: they? It wasn't Tasha Steele, because she's an impact, but it's always her tag team partner Isn't from Impact. It, Ru- can't was remember. it Ruby?
1: Was it Ruby?
0: Or? I, I, the, the name's completely Red gone. Is it Red Velvet? No, no. So Red Velvet's still there. Layla um. Gray, the one that was brought in to replace Red Velvet while she was injured, is still there. But the other one with blue hair, who is really, really cool, whose name I can't remember and it's really annoying me. (laughs) Apparently they were, her and the two baddies were still hanging out this past weekend. We have no context, wasn't explained. And Jade wasn't happy about that. And she's kind of saying, you two better like shape up or whatnot. Mm. And Red Velvet just literally had that look of, I don't care about you. I'm just going to turn on you in a minute. It's like, what's going on? So I am fully expecting we're gonna see Jade Cargill and Red Velvet continuing the feud that began during the Jacksonville pandemic era when it was Cody and ultimately Red Velvet against Jade and Shaq. <laughs> this feud
1: must go on forever.
0: This because is, this only is... I remember that at this point. <laughs> this is this is the, it, it'll be
1: a feud that will just keep going on for... Uh, uh, I don't know.
0: I don't know. <laughs> but um but like I said, sort of round off the AEW talk now. In terms of this episode of Dynamite, really really fun show. Like I said, the first hour is really strong. Then the MJF stuff, from there that was a weird... Tw- it was a legitimately like 20 minutes long, that segment. Uh, that was weird, and then trying to get the crowd back into it during the women's match, It yeah, there was obviously that weird emotion going about, but then the trios match at the end freaking mental Just great mm. stuff once again of which i should actually note to close off my AEW thoughts the trio's tournament as it were now the best of seven is now 2-1 to death triangle because the elite got the win yeah and i don't think there's a four, match is it uh yes yeah, so ne- next match will be match four but that match isn't until the winter is coming episode because the next match is not on this week's dynamite uh, okay so for want a better word if you don't want to see that trio's match why, first of all, but you will not have to watch it on Dynamite. So, yeah, AEW in a unique spot at the moment. But, yeah, that's where we're at. Fair enough. So, let's get on to arguably, well, I mean, is it arguably as big? I, I don't know at this point because so much has happened since it happened. But WWE's Survivor Series premium live event that took no, no, place. No, correct, this-
1: correct title. Correct title, please. Oh, w- it's on the screen. WWE Survivor <laughs> Series War Games. There we go.
0: Carry on. Wouldn't you love it if they've only hired Regal back just to record a bunch of voiceovers <laughs> of him saying War Games? <laughs> I mean, you
1: you you know you know you know shit's about to go down when Regal turns up, just looks at two squabbling teams of wrestlers and just goes War Games! It's it's the one the one I like the most is. I think it's the one where it's undisputed, the, the undisputed era versus Pat McAvee's group. And and it's like they're coming down, and Regals Regal has appeared, he's looking around. You've got Adam Cole just going, just say it, say it, William. Say it. Please say it. I need to hear you say those words. <laughs> well, he just goes, Whoa, guys.
0: <laughs> just egging on the crowd, effectively. Yeah. So overall thoughts on the show to begin with i've done a lot of talking so mm. you're just kind of overall sort of general brief thoughts on the show as a whole um
1: it's a good solid a good solid show there was some decent wrestling i think the war games matches were fairly all right they weren't they weren't as uh spectacular as say i think some of the ones we have seen in nxt over the last couple of years um a decent sort of mid, uh, mid-card mid sort of assortment. AJ Styles versus Finn Balor was good. The triple threat for the United States title was good. Bit of a misstep with the SmackDown Women's Championship. Um, but I think if, if if any and all this show is going to be remembered for is, is simply the, the ongoing story of the bloodline and the next layer of it all, or the end of one chapter and potentially the beginning of the next. Um, because obviously here we have... For we had a we had a storyline going out throughout the show coming off of SmackDown the night before of Kevin Owens talking to Sami Zayn and sort of going, Hey, you should turn on the bloodline before they turn on you. And uh didn't and Sammy didn't tell Jay about it. but that Jay had listened into that entire conversation. So he so Jay tells Roman about it. Roman has a sit down with Sammy to look him in the eyes to see if he's gonna be, if he's the character that he knows he's gonna be. And uh yeah, during during the war games match, you've got this sort of uneasy thing of something serious is gonna happen. I think for most of the show until like the final match, or during the match, it's like part of me sensing something bad's gonna happen to Sammy at the end of this, or even Jay at the at this point in time. Um, but the 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 big crux of the war games match, the men's one, is Kevin Owens virtually has the match won. He's delivered pop-up power bomb and uh, and uh stunner to Roman Reigns. He's he's got him for free one two and Sami literally stops the ref from counting the third one to Such say a good moment. just to go nope you're not winning this and after another bit of bickering uh, it's like the vicious low blow to, to like sour friendship then the haluva kick and Jey Uso gets the pin and it's like the the, the it's like the the post match moments of. Roman's embrace of Sammy and then even Sammy and Jay finally burying the hatchet per se is just was just it's like it's a strange feel good moment for heels that's weird to say in a way it's like yes this is amazing but why are we cheering this i don't know but i feel good about this yay um and that's and that's that's the main crux of Survivor series really it's just we we have finished one part of the Sami Zayn bloodline story. I think we're starting the next, and it's the question is how long is it going to last until it all goes wrong? Or, yeah, ba- basically, I think the best part, I think some people said it on, on social media is like having Sammy and Jane brace was was a was an emotionally beautiful thing to see in the wrestling the ring. The breakup of Sammy from the bloodline is going to be devastating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: It's going to be mental. Yeah. yeah. To me, and this might sound incredibly harsh, this is a one-match show. Yeah, Overall, the- th- this Survivor Series was fine. A lot of it didn't light my world on fire. Yeah. I personally thought both War Games matches, although I appreciate technically they were only like officially 10 minutes each when you factor in the, the technically the, the first 20-minute preamble and stuff. Mm. I thought they were just both all right, when it came to the whole stuff, the, the Sammy Zayn stuff was the most interesting dynamic, but mm-hmm. the, the whole dynamic of that in the context of this is still very weird. Just as a whole, the Women's War Games match—I don't—I didn't understand the purpose of it. And do you know what? This is this might just be me being a very kind of older, older school mentality wrestling fan. I actually missed just a normal Survivor Series match. I get the whole focus was war games, but there was a part of me that thought, did there have to be two war games matches? Because the thing about them was they, they both just felt endless. And I get that's kind of part of the idea of the concept of the match where you've got people duking it out for like what, nearly 15, 20 minutes before it actually begins. Mm. But I actually just really wanted to see something more like a normal match. I think this actually would have benefited more if the, the what the, what was the women's war game match, if that had just been a straight up survivor series, traditional style match. Mm. And some people could argue, well, why should the men get a war games match and the women don't? I don't mean it in that way. I just mean it purely from the perspective of, I think the women's match would have been better being a traditional Survivor Series match, because there was just something about it where there wasn't there wasn't just much of a through line. The most through line there was was Damage Control v Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. That was the Dude. most through line there was. Otherwise, the other women there, to the best of my knowledge, based on the limited amount of WWE I watch, were just there. And that's no okay. slight on them. That's just how it came across to me personally. But like I say, that, that's my thoughts on that. But... Can't take away from what they were doing because some of the stuff they're doing is freaking mental and doing it inside a double ring cage like that, it's not mm. easy. So full, full, full credit to them, but that's just how it came across to me.
1: That's fair. Um, in terms of, I I guess the reason why we have War Games matches in this one and no Survivor Series, I think it's a bit of a fresh up because I think for the last, uh, I don't know how many years it's been now. It's just like the, the whole brand supremacy thing has just been really really done to death. And I think the whole thing's that, that the brand supremacy thing, you have the Survivor Series matches kind of tied into that. And, and I think maybe for this one, just for this, this one with H taking over for the first time, maybe it's just like, let's just clear the palette of Survivor Series for a little bit. See how, uh, see, try and get our, get our bearings and then carry on. Because I think we talked about this previously, but I, um, some of the gimmick shows per se, Moving forward, are not going to happen, so we're not going to have another Hell in a Cell premium live event. Hell in a Cell is still going to exist as a match concept, but at least you're able to sort of use it as like a feud ender when se, it's actually because.
0: needed, as opposed yeah. to it's needing to be used.
1: Yeah, because Triple H in the in the post in the post event press conference made a good point. It's basically like Hell in a Cell is something that you can put to the to finish a feud. You when and basically if someone goes, I challenge you to match, and it's going to be Hell in a Cell. For things like Elimination Chamber and Money in the Bank, you can't say, I challenge you to you and 500 people to face me in a chamber or you and 600 people to fight me for a ladder and stuff like that. So those sort of concepts, they may continue to still have, well, Elimination Chamber is definitely still continuing next year as a premium live event. Money in the Bank is still yet to be fully confirmed. Um, so you can understand why those match sort of types happen. And yeah. Whereas whereas Hell in a Cell becomes its own simple thing, maybe War Games is a maybe War Games becomes that moving moving forward. Maybe War Games Mm. becomes when two factions just really can't stop fighting one another. Maybe War Games becomes that that feud ender. So okay, Mm. you two you two teams can't stop fighting. Let's have a War Games match and end this. That could work. But I think maybe I think maybe the reason why we just have War Games and no Survivor Series style matches is simply because. The Reset, last year's event was god-awful, um, even with their Survivor Series-style matches in there as well.
0: So I know we went over yeah. on the last show. I genuinely don't remember what happened at 21 now. I might have to look it up again, just for comparison's so- we
1: went, We went over this last time, but you looked at the fight card, I legitimately don't Jeremy. remember.
0: You looked at the fight card. I legitimately don't remember. That's how much of an impact it didn't have on me.
1: Oh, what was
0: yeah? Because oh was... yeah, the main event was um was Big E V Roman, yeah, and there was a Team Raw v Team SmackDown Survivor Series, uh, RK Bro v the Usos for the tag titles, Nakamura
1: Rollins for US versus. Intercontinental. Oh yeah, the whole
0: Rock twentieth anniversary Battle Royal thing. I remember talking about that. Anyway, I won't labour a point. But there you go. Yeah. So yes, the the event last year was not good.
1: Yeah. So you 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 could probably you could probably be understanding why. WWE did what they've done with this year's event. Maybe next year it might just be traditional Survivor Survivor Series games. Maybe there might be a War Games match still there. Who knows? But at least it's kind of like we've done something. We've done something different. We've done something new. Let's move on.
0: There is a theory going around online that the reason that there were two War Games matches on this show was purely so when it came to next year, they have a lots of material to make a hype package with from stuff yeah. from the main roster, as opposed to just NXT footage.
1: Which is fair, because a good number of talent involved in the NXT ones are not with... I mean, Undisputed era featured in practically all of them, and only one of their faction is still theoretically still part of WWE, when that's Roderick Strong. Hmm. I mean, yeah. san- I mean, I mean, maybe if, if, and this is a side thing. Obviously, if Eric Young, who is who was stabbed and
0: killed off Impact <laughs> this week, literally in a prison, <laughs> this happened, folks.
1: Yes. Um, if that's anything to go by, then maybe we can go back and have a look at some of the sanity footage. But um,
0: yeah, yeah. So the way I look at it, and to go back to what you were saying as well about how like Helena's cell is a feud ender. I think war games needs to have that same precedence, mm. which is partly why I think just having the one. I mean, again, in the context of these two war games matches, from my perspective and what they showed from from like hype packages, bloodline v the brawling brutes and, and folks makes far more sense as a war games match than the two women's matches, than, than the women's match it did, I should say. Mm. But that's just personal opinion. Uh, in terms of other stuff on the show, AJ and Finn Balor.
1: Good match. Really I've have a nice technical match as well. I think they're now one apiece in their in their series. I mean the the last time they actually went one on one was TLC twenty fifteen, I believe, or twenty six no 2016, It was it, I, think I think we think.
0: mentioned it. It was when AJ had to do the emergency cover because something happened. Was it when Roman yeah, was out injured and Kurt Angle ended no, up in the shield was, for a night?
1: It was going to be uh, Demon Finn Valor versus Sister Abigail, but basically Bray Wyatt dressed up as Sister Abigail, and Bray Wyatt I think went down with the same thing as Roman, so they both kind of suffered the same thing. Uh, so AJ got got called in to have a, a match, which Finn won. So he got called so in th- from Chile, I think it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, they won a piece. It, it was, a, and the fact is, there was they they eliminated both the OC and, and Judgment Day from the the, the rings by just having them brawl into the crowds and yeah listen there was no hokey Cokum finish it's like phenomenal forearm pin there you can go can we
0: please keep the phrase hokey Cokum finish now as one of our forever <laughs> phrases I love it
1: stupid, stupid bollocks hokey kokum
0: I, I, I think
1: I was trying to say hokey And it's like why would I want to say hokey Put you put your A-J in your A-J out in out in out off the top from goes. <laughs> He does for normal format and he gets the pin. That's what it's all about.
0: And just oh to be a real buzzkill, I thought this match was boring, Fair. Fair. which is annoying because I really like both wrestlers. But there was just something about it where it just didn't click for me. the triple The triple threat US title I think was was
1: was probably the the funnest card in between the two war games matches. Probably the funnest one a lot simply because everyone's going like a hundred and fifty miles per hour which is it's like it's like step on step on theory to do a stomp on Lashley from Rollins.
0: There was a lot of good dynamics in that match. It was just it was just good fun also Rollins being a bit ba- now Rollins officially being a babyface it just mm. works. That's just the only way to put it. It's like of of everything. It, it just works. I did like the fact now he's got like some blonde hair again, some bleached blonde yeah. hair. It's like, "Oh, you're doing that thing again, are you?" Is that how we truly know you're a babyface again?
1: <laughs> he's gone back. He's gone back to traditional Seth Rollins bleached hair from yeah. from the shill days. But no, I, I I I liked the finish of him getting speared mi- mid Falcon Arrow <laughs> to 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 just fo- to let Austin Fury just fall on him and Austin Fury wins the belt. It's kind of similar to like how Joe just went, I'm gonna win this belt. I've won the belt, I've won the, belt, I've won the TNT, bye. <laughs> it's like because it it's it's generally funny because I think the crowd were you look at the crowd reactions at the end of the US triple threat match. The, it's like, people people are people are, are surprised and are kind of
0: weird, happy. It's like, what's just going on?
1: I think it was pretty like, more
0: that thing of, wait, wh- what? what in theory? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> but the fact is, like, when I watched it, it's like,
1: I I just laughed because I found it really funny. It's like, it's like, I, it's like, I didn't mind if Rollins kept or lost the belt and if, if theory or Lashley did, because everyone I think it's a nice little feud thing going on at the moment. But it's just, it was just the sort of, oh no, he's been speared. Oh no, theory's won. Really? All right. <laughs> this is funny.
0: It did make me think, okay, and this is just like the fantasy booking type thing now. From that perspective, you can kind of understand that they've been trying to rehabilitate Austin Theory, since his failed cash-in and whatnot, yeah. and all that stuff you mentioned before. Yeah. In terms of the world title picture, whatever the heck it's called at this point, the unified title, It does this mean that Rollins is going to challenge at the Rumble? Because if, there's an obvious element where so. I think it's... Where is it? I think it's Elimination Chamber that's taking place in Montreal, which is the home mm. the hometown slash city of both Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. So...
1: There has been a report out. I think it was, it's either PW Insider or Russell Votes who, who've had who've been able to get this. But basically, the next three big events, or the next big three uh, defenses, have been kind of locked in for Roman uh, at the moment. It's it's currently looking like Roman Owens at the Rumble. Then at Elimination Chamber, it will be uh, Zayn Reigns at Elimination Chamber. Which, if you're gonna if you're gonna take the belts off Roman, so he's free to fight The Rock or something like that.
0: WrestleMania is a two night event. Just saying, yeah, or, or Cody, whoever whoever ends up winning the Rumble, it's probably going to. Oh, the be Rumble Cody. this year is the the, the, the Rumble. Uh, just to fast forward, I'm I'm already super excited for the Rumble because it, this yeah. feels <laughs> the most anticip. This isn't a word, but the most anticipatory Rumble we've had in quite a while. Well, it's all. I mean, it's. I think
1: it's already sold, almost sold out in in Saint Louis. Mm. Oh no, not Saint Louis. Uh, Dome Sorry, it's a Texas. Texas, yeah.
0: Alamo Dome Poly- the site of Royal Rumble 1997
1: mm, and 2017, the one I think Alton won for the second time.
0: what we the I don't remember, but, but carry on. When we were
1: all in <laughs> despair that Roman Reigns was going to win it again, and then everyone rejoiced that Randy Orton won, and then everyone went, "Oh, okay." So I think it's where the, the 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 groundwork for Reigns versus Taker and the final bit of uh, Goldberg versus uh, Lesnar
0: were settled. Right.
1: Because that's uh, where Cena Randy won, Orton the 16th. won by
0: eliminating Roman Reigns last. Uh, you, okay. Fun anecdote. I'm just going to derail this again because I can. Can you, off the top of your head, recall any other matches from the 2017 Rumble event at the Alamo Dome? Uh, we had Kevin Owens
1: versus Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship correct um, which Owens won I think Jericho was in a shark cage in that match <laughs> how do you remember this but yes <laughs> uh, but ultimately won off an interference from Braun Strowman uh, Cena won his, his record time 16th title for AJ Styles correct um, we had the Men's Rumble which Randy Orton won Women's Rumble wasn't until 2018 uh, I'm gonna guess the bar and possibly the new day battled for a set of tag team titles.
0: It wasn't the new day. Okay, so it was the bar. It was a pre-show FTR? match. Uh, no, it was uh this is this is a weird callback in and of itself. It was Gallows and Anderson. Oh, okay. That uh, makes sense. Also on the sh- on the main show, Neville defeated Rich Swan for the cruiserweight title. <laughs> Ah, oh, memories! And uh, Charlotte fair def- uh, Flair, excuse me, defeated Bailey for the Raw Women's Title. Yeah, and was there was Smackdown also on Moves the pre-show. Title? Sorry,
1: was there, was there SmackDown Women's? Because there must have been like Sasha
0: versus someone. Uh, Sasha uh, lost to Nia Jax on the pre-show. Oh, okay. in, ju- in just a one-on-one match, and then there was a six-woman tag as well on the pre-show as well. Oh, okay, fair enough. But yeah, but I digress. But the Rumble. Genuinely, I'm really excited for because very likely Cody's coming back. You've got the Thanks. whole bloodline dynamic. Roman v. v. Kevin Owens makes sense, even though we have ironically seen it at the 2021 Royal Rumble. Yes. But I think the nice, the good thing about when it's Roman
1: and Owens is the matches are different all the time. That's, as long as we're not going to get a
0: last man standing match where Roman is handcuffed to a trust that Paul Kamen can't undo what? the handcuffs for. Why not? In- why not put them in hell in a cell? Why not? Let's just do you let's have how, a bit of fun. Do you know how big the Alamo Dome is and how high that cell will have to get high? Well, well
1: get a bit, get a bigger <laughs> cage then, Jeremy. Get a, a, bigger, bigger, a cage. bigger cage. It's the extra large hell in a cell. It's the premium live event hell in a cell cage.
0: Have it's you ever seen the, have you ever seen the, the triple cage from WCW? The infamous triple cage.
1: Yeah, the tiny, the tiny, the 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 big the like big cage. Middle cage, small cage. It yeah. that that sort of box.
0: Did they use that for like Ready to Rumble? They used it in the Ready to Rumble. Yeah. We should totally just do a watchlog of Ready to Rumble at some point. That's a do it. I'll, I'll just do a comment. I'll just do a commentary track. Sorry, I'll be fair. Uh, but yeah, they used it in Ready to Rumble. It was used at Slambari two thousand to help promote the film after it had come out. WCW. Why uh, not? It was also used at uncensored ninety five or ninety six, but it was situated in the entrance way. All right. It looks dumb. Just look it up. It's really stupid. <laughs> that's hokey coke. Go- so, so the reason that we've gone to talking about this, everyone, is not just because we're reminiscing of old, of old good and bad times. It's because, quite frankly, I don't want to talk about Ronda Rousey and Shotzi because this match was pointless and useless.
1: It, it was not good. It was not good. Um, that's all I'll say. It's basically... The result, I was never surprised at. It's just... I don't know. It's just, it's just I mean, so Shotzi's a good wrestler as well. Again, it's like, it's very hard to partner up good wrestlers, I think, with Ronda, at the, unless it's Charlotte Flair or, because my, my guess is as we get to, we get to Mania, it's going to be Becky Ronda. That's, that's my, that's my gut instinct at the moment. That's where we're going. Um, and then it'll, it might be Belair, the rear or Charlotte, Possibly for Raw SmackDown for the Raw Championship, but yeah, it's I don't know. It's just like I don't recall. I, I think the only per, I think the only wrestler on the WWE roster who's had decent matches of Ronda has been Charlotte Flair. I mean, I, I mean, I know she's, I know she's definitely faced Sasha a Rumble. Uh, I think in her first run don't necessarily recall that being memorable you
0: you, you actually just sorry to cut off but you just mentioned her name there Sasha part of the problem with the dynamic of this match was one the crowd wanted to see Sasha they weren't going to get her but the other one is and this is nothing against Shotzi it's against Hmm. WWE's ability to make her seem like a credible challenger but no one believed Shotzi was going to win and there are some some instances and moments we've seen it very recently at wrestling pay-per-views as a whole where you can convince a crowd just from a couple of split moments that maybe they're about to see something special happen. Maybe. Mm. But the problem now is no one believed Shotzi was going to win that at all.
1: Well, it doesn't help
0: that that in a sense that, you know, Becky's back in the sense of everyone's waiting for this this long, highly anticipated match between Becky and Ronda Rousey, which one would assume at this point is going to be one of the matches at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. so there, there's so many elements where you just don't see anything else happening
1: yeah I mean I think the thing was with Shotzi they made her a number one contender two weeks before the pay-per-view or the premium live event mm-hmm. it's like that doesn't necessarily, I mean you need at least a decent month build maybe but they yeah the, the build has not been great for that match so yeah the audience is not really gonna buy, it. and that's again that's not the performance fault that's not. I don't feel it's the performer's fault. It's basically they just they just. I think the writing and maybe creative have just not thought about legit. I mean, a good a good feud until Becky would have been Ronda versus Shayna, because I think you, there was there's something there. The wrestling matches may be good. They might not be so great, but at least the characters and the pre and the friendship that they've had over the years in and out the ring kind of sells
0: itself. Really, as a storyline. I fully or, expect we'll see that match soon at some point. Yeah.
1: At some at some point. Probably it might it might still be the precursor to um, WrestleMania, who knows. Um but yeah, I I was like that because I mean you've got Raquel Rodriguez, I mean who's out injured either in storyline or actually. Storyline I think storyline mode Okay, I think she's actually injured. Um Tally's had several times of Ronda now that's that's far enough. Liv is currently under re or going into crazy, crazy mode possibly, or basically she's been extreme, quite a lot extreme.
0: Um, I mean, is she, she going to become like a random demon at WrestleMania like Alexa did for one time? I don't know. I don't know. Uh,
1: Lacey Evans is kind of waiting to do something. I think Xia Li's waiting to do something again. It's like. I guess it again. It's like it goes back to my point. I think it's finding the right re- the right wrestlers to work with Ronda, and I think in some degrees, again, it's not not it's not a knock against the current roster, but it's like it's probably that someone doesn't have a, the right matching style to go with Ronda at the moment. If that makes sense.
0: I think what, what would have actually benefited, and again, this is nothing against Shotzi because you mentioned this. It's kind of a writing element. It is because it doesn't take much to build up someone. Just have them get some relatively notable wins in the build up to a number one contenders match. Yeah. They become number one contender, and you're like, oh, they've you know they've been on a good roll recently. You know, there's there's a chance here. That there's a logical through line here, regardless hmm. of if you're someone like me who really only watches the watches the PLEs at this point, the premium live events. But I think one of the things you could do with Ronda is just have her matches be damn short because she's that damn tough. Yeah. Kind of make it not in a in a sense like a squash match, but make it where like Ronda is a legit MMA fighter. Make it so that she effectively does some MMA stuff and just, just I was going to say crumples people, but that doesn't make any sense. But you know what I mean? That yeah. has effectively that impact to where it's like, man, can anyone last in the ring with her for more than, like, you know, a couple of minutes? Mm. There's a way to do this to make Ronda matches kind of make you think going in, this is gonna be short. Like, what's gonna happen? That's how I would do it, personally, but what what do I know? Mm. Then this brings us on to, if I'm correct, the main event, which was the men's Survivor Series Series match. The men's War Games match at Survivor Series War Games. (laughs) Oh my word. It was the bloodline versus the team of the brawling Brutes, Seamus Holland and Butch, Drew McIntyre and Kevin Owens. You covered the crux of this match earlier when it came to the big key selling points and the big moments. Like I said, a lot of this just dragged for me, but what I did like, and it's added a unique element, especially given the backstage segments earlier involving Roman and and, uh, Sammy, which were freaking tremendous television. It was so good. Mm. I loved it when I think it was the second person was going to come in from the bloodline Yeah. and I think it was Jimmy Uso was proper revved up and ready to go and then Roman just as he's sitting in his chair in the cage how did he get the chair just saying um, but then he just stops him and just points at Sammy and just says go go help Jay prove yourself in essence mm. and then we get to see this dynamic where Jay does not trust him for anything and he gets Super a little bit of miscommunication yeah it's 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 <laughs> And you get this, you get the great interactions, and then just throughout the match, Sammy keeps doing little mm. things. Like, I think Jay was going to get his head crushed in between the cage and a kick on a super kick or something, mm. and he just pulled him out the way, did Sammy. And it's the little thing of, oh, it's so, this is so good. It's so simple. And then ultimately building to that ending. And then when there was that embrace at the end... It was like someone had just won the world title for the first time. <laughs> it, was, it was that level of reaction. And it was fantastic television. You've still got this thing of, like you said, when this thing crumbles, it's going to be heartbreaking.
1: Mm. But
0: it's going to be magnificent television. The question the same, is, go on. The question is, how heartbreaking is it going to be? Is
1: it going to be festival of friendship levels of heartbreaking? <sighs> Because
0: that that takes some topping, it really does. I think this will top it only because it, th- th- you could always see the dynamic between Jericho and Owens, like mm. it just it worked from the outset. But the idea of the bloodline and Sami Zayn seemed so ludicrous. Why would it work? And because everyone's bought into it now, and mm. they're so invested in it. There's going to be that thing of everyone's waiting for it to happen. No one wants it to happen, but everyone does want it to happen. And it's just going to be when are they just going to hit that switch? And one assumes it'll probably be between Rumble and Elimination Chamber what at if, some point.
1: What if... And this is an, this is another world theory. What if Sammy wins
0: the Rumble? That's what I was going to say. So, literally. So you're just saying... And instead, he decides to cash it in in his hometown rather than Mm. WrestleMania, which you can actually understand that from a point of view of...
1: Or we are going to do... We're going to take a page out of No Way Out 2004.
0: Oh, God. What what year was that? That was WrestleMania 21 year. No, that that
1: that was WrestleMania 20, wasn't it?
0: No, WrestleMania 21 was... Oh, sorry. Yeah, that was March 2005, WrestleMania 21. Sorry. Yeah, so...
1: So basically, you have Sammy versus Roman at Elimination Chamber. Roman looks incredibly likely to retain. And then just at the last moment, you've got... Can you smell what The Rock is cooking? Rock runs in. Rock bottoms him. Throws Sammy on it. One, two, three. We've done like a Goldberg spearing Lesnar, so Guerrero wins. I mean, it's like it's it again you kind of but then again you kind of again this like that would be fun but i think again whoever does eventually pin roman for those belts they need to do it kind of by themselves or do the final finish themselves per se
0: to me when it comes to however or whoever roman is ultimately dethroned by it has to be definitive Mm. anything less than a definitive win I think has done does an entire disservice to this entire build up and story. Yeah. I think it, this is at this is at a level where someone cheats to dethrone Roman, even though Romans cheated multiple times. Yeah. I think it would just be that thing of oh, all mm. that build up, and ultimately he cheated. It just mm. kind of has that little bit of a taste in your mouth. Mm. To me, anyway.
1: Yeah. So sorry, there's so many ways you can do that match. But it's like part of me part of me still feels Sammy's the logical person to take the belts off Roman.
0: At this but- point, given that Cody has been out, even though that Cody thing is already established, and one would assume he's end up he's gonna end up facing Rollins in his first match back, which at that point will make him four and against Rollins. But now that Rollins is a babyface, how does that work? Who knows? Um at this point Sami Zayn seems the most logical choice to dethrone Roman. Which, if you'd have asked anybody that a year ago, under a year ago, think about this at WrestleMania this year, Sami Zayn was in the jackass match. Yeah. (laughs) And you think about the rise since then, it's freaking brilliant. Mm. It just goes to show what can happen. But so post Survivor Series, I'll let you kind of lead the charge on this. Any big notes to be aware of when it comes to uh, what what occurred post Survivor Series? At
1: the moment, well, post um, well, post Survivor Series, Kevin Owens has has definitely said to Sammy, "I no longer want to be your friend. I don't want to be traveling with you. I don't want to eat with you. I don't want to see you." in no. that sort of things. Oh. And of a there's a, <laughs> and there's a there's a there's a visi- there's a visible image of. Sammy's heart just breaking as KO says all that, but KO goes, "Hey, I, I, hey, I understand why you would do it because he's done it many a times. I mean, it's like when Sami Zayn won the NXT Championship, KO completely destroyed him straight <laughs> after, straight after the celebrations. It's so, just like it
0: makes friends.
1: Question mark. Like, friends. It's like it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, I, I, it's like I've, I've, I've done it before. I know, but I still don't want to be friends anymore. And it's like, wow. Um, but um, so, so yeah, you, I think you he-
0: crossed the line. But you crossed the line that I've crossed, but Just- I wouldn't cross because <laughs> you crossed it. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm the one who's
1: supposed to cross the line. You're not the one who's supposed to cross the line. Uh, but um, uh, he uh, ko beat, uh, Jay on Raw's main event this week, so I think we're, we're we're clearly we are definitely building towards that Royal Rumble match with, with Owens and Reigns. Uh, in terms of other things going on. Um any women's title development at all Not necessarily well, Becky's going into a feud with Bailey. They fought. that the should be good. fun Yeah. Uh no sort of definitive challenges for Bianca's title at the moment, but I'm I would sense it would be rare at some point. They've uh, they've almost I think they almost gave Rhea a win over Mia Yim, but I think Judgment uh, did Judgment Day beat OC? I think they had a big like for like complete group on group fight on Raw and I think Judgment Day won that one so again I think they're trying to definitively say that's it for the feud now so moving that on Dexter Loomis is now a WWE contracted superstar he beat the Miz after so many months I'm Gave so glad I
0: am so glad i didn't have to see that at Survivor Series <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to see uh, the Miz so there's that
1: uh, Austin Fury is continuing his feud with Seth Rollins Seth Rollins is guarding him by calling him Kid a lot which he doesn't like uh, yeah, that's all I can. That's all I can really think. Oh, Candice LeRae's back as well. Candice LeRae came back, beat um Dakota Kai, and there's uh, there's an adorable backstage interview with her and little baby Quill.
0: There you go. I will note for go. folks that uh, at the time we're recording this, SmackDown has not aired, which is why we've not yes. referenced anything that's Tonight- occurred on SmackDown Tonight-
1: Tonight should be the world, uh, the World Cup on Fox final, or the what? WWE World Cup, and I believe
0: the final is
1: Santos Escobar versus Ricochet. After that Ricochet, should be good fun. Shockingly, beat Braun Strowman the following, the previous week.
0: So what but, I'm hearing, Ian, is that
1: Braun Strowman couldn't control his narrative. Oh no, not again. Um <laughs> I've, I think in some way they are still trying to build towards Strowman versus Gunter, which I think will be. A decent match. I think it might be quite good fun, to be perfectly honest. Um, but I think first I would probably see like as much as Ricochet would be the we make sense as a babyface winner to win the tournament. We've seen Ricochet versus Gunter several times. They've had good matches, but I think Escobar maybe as like a like a, a short-run feud for like a month just to kind of Just to kind of clear the palette of Gunter before we we get into more big, big chest-smacking
0: fights. I would like to make a suggestion. Go on. And I forewarn you, it's a bad one, but it's something Uh I think would be good fun. Oh, no. Given this is the World Cup, and traditionally in a World Cup at some point in the knockout rounds, we see a penalty shootout. Oh, good Lord, no. Now, I'm not suggesting we see a penalty shootout because Lord knows that would be horrid. I think we should have a penalty shootout in the form of a chopping contest. <laughs> <laughs> Given some of the chops that we've seen in the past couple of weeks and with Gunter, I think that is a fair thing to request. And that it'll be whoever winces the most or least gets the point. It's like
1: first person to fall
0: off gets the pinfall. Make it like gladiators. Have them stand on a platform or something, and if they lose balance, or do it on like a gymnastics oh. balance beam. There you go. That's a dumb idea.
1: Oh, dear. Lord, no. 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 Back back to the idea box for that, Jeremy. That's yep. stupid bollocks. I'm, That's glad stupid I,
0: boll- I'm glad I gave myself to get-out-of-jail-free by saying I'm still ill at the moment, thank God for that. Okay, fair um, enough.
1: <laughs> um, also, I think we'll have the next chapter of the LA Knight Bray Wyatt goings on at the moment. Because Bray's going, I didn't hurt LA Knight, and then Uncle Howdy on the screen's going, but you did. Oh yeah, like, there was zero Bray Wyatt on Survivor Series. Now you mentioned it, yeah, yeah, I yeah, I, I stupidly thought they would they would do something of some degree, even if it's just a, a quick two minute promo or something. Like that, but no,
0: even um, just a backstage segment, like just yeah, not, not, they, not, to, not to steal the catchphrase, but acknowledge it.
1: Yeah, they must be. They've got to start building towards an actual wrestling match with Bray. I just, it, I'm still, I'm still intrigued by the whole sort of character thing and all that because it's still quite captivating. And partnering him up with La Knight's actually quite interesting because La Knight as a talker as well is captivating as well. It's just where is this going? <laughs> is where I'm. I'm What's kind the of
0: next premium live event? Royal Rumble. Are you sure? Yes. I, I th- based on the WWE layout here, it looks like it might be TLC. Uh,
1: there was no adverts of Tlc at survivor series and usually no, they're, now you mention um, it they usually advertise the next uh the next show at the at the current show
0: i'm just looking on the the shows page there, may,
1: there may be I've, i I've read the odd bit of piece and there may be an, an in, uh, like a small international show coming up which might count as a premium life event I don't know <laughs> I mean at
0: this point uh, yeah, I mean, in fairness, like according to the Wikipedia page for Survivor Series, there's no next pay per view, as it were. Well, the next yeah, event no. technically is NXT Deadline, but yeah, yeah, NXT they- Deadline then Royal Rumble. Okay, sure. I guess TLC just happens to still be listed there. Then,
1: all right. Yeah, they might they might do they might do something special for Christmas. They might do like a like a Christmas Christmas Day SmackDown where Roman defends maybe against Sheamus and finish that little feud off once and for all. Possibly, I'm not sure, but yeah, no, I kind of like the fact that we've got two months now to the Rumble. So we've got time mm. for things to breathe, and we're not rushing headlong into like the next, the next, uh, the next match or the next pay, uh, premium live event immediately. Yeah, gone are the days where there was a premium live event two weeks after one, <laughs> or or in in twenty in uh, 2020, one week after SummerSlam.
0: <laughs> flipping so, was as well, wasn't there? It
1: was like SummerSlam now
0: payback. What? <laughs> so you're like, well, partly that's correct, but sure. All right, so uh, I'm just on WWE's event page and I love occasionally just looking at the historical pay-per-views. And I'm thinking what pay-per-view concept could one triple H bring back now that we're in his era. And I would like to see the return of new year's revolution. I always thought that was a great name for a show, but they're not doing mm-hmm. day one now. So, you know, maybe that's one way of doing it. Yeah. But Armageddon was always a great name. You know what? Okay. It's, dumb but i bet you triple h could make it work for one night i one think night for one there you go for one night only i mean also cyber sunday was good fun but you can't do it now with the internet yeah but why not bring back clearly the most desired and anticipated pay-per-view name slash concept ever in the history of the wwe fatal four-way Okay, and for that,
1: I'm going to go full screen. Jeremy's gone now, boys and girls. He doesn't have to say the crazy ideas anymore.
0: He can come back. <laughs> what are you know, what mean, I'm going to do now? I'm going to look up WWE Fatal 4-Way. Uh, <laughs> it only, ha- only had one event, Jeremy. Exactly. And I'm uh, we're, we're, certain- we're going to, we're, we're going to start to gradually wrap up this week's show yeah. by you trying to remember... What happened at WWE's Fatal 4-Way?
1: I did not even watch that pay-per-view. I wasn't in wrestling again at that point. But I'm going to say in one of the Fatal 4-Ways, it was probably John Cena, Big Show, Edge, and someone else. I don't know. I'll
0: tell you what. You've got two of the four people correct in the Fatal 4-Way. Oh, so actually, big... you know what? Technically. <laughs> okay, I'll give you a clue. There were, there were three Fatal 4-Way matches on this show. <laughs> oh, <that's... laughs> two of them were men's, one was women's. Jericho in one of them?
1: No. <laughs> Jeff Hardy. He was on the show, but Jeff Hardy. No. CM Punk. He
0: was in. He was in the other one. Yes. Daniel Bryan. We're not going to have you naming people. Uh, Cody Rhodes. No. Okay. Well. Okay. I'll tell you what. Randy Orton. Batista. I, okay. I'll tell you this <laughs> Undertaker. way. Undertaker. The WWE Championship Fatal Four Way Match. Okay, we'll do it this way. The person who won the match defeated John Cena, Edge, and Randy Orton to become champion. Big Show. Incorrect. You have two Edge. more guesses. Oh wait, Edge. When was when was Fatal Four Way? Fatal Four Way. Was June the tenth, twenty ten? My God, twenty ten. Um, so definitely, so definitely not Edge because he had retired by then. I think. No, he was in that show. He he was in that match. So the winner defeated John Cena, Edge, and Randy Orton. Oh, okay. CM Bunk. He was yep. in the other Fatal Four Way match. <laughs> Rey Mysterio. He won the other Fatal Four Way match. <laughs> It was Seamus. Oh. Oh. All right. So just to give you a quick rundown of a couple of the matches. So Rey Mysterio beat Jack Swagger, a.k.a. Jake Hagar, Big Mm. Show and CM Punk to win the world title. Apparently The Miz defeated R-Truth to retain the United States title. Okay. Six-person tag, The Hart Dynasty, which was David Hart Smith, D.H. Smith, Harry Smith, whoever you know him by, Natalia, and Tyson Kidd, A.K. T.J. Wilson, yes. defeating The Usos and Tamina. All right. And then the main event was Sheamus defeating John Cena, Edge, and Randy Orton for the WWE title. And in case you're curious, Jericho wrestled Evan Bourne, a.k.a. Matt Seidel. Intercontinental? No, just a singles match. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> Life no, the goes IC, on. The IC t- here's a, here's a <laughs> callback for you. The IC title match on that show was Kofi retaining against Drew McIntyre.
1: Oh no, that's clean face Drew (laughs) McIntyre. The chosen one, Drew McIntyre. Oh no.
0: So there we go. So I think before we wrap up, a couple of bits of wrestling from around the world. Didn't give you any heads up for that whatsoever, Ian, but there you go. But I've changed the title. There we go. There you go. So... Interesting note, well, I say interesting note, but here is a note from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter regarding one Mr. CM Punk, quoting F4WOnline.com. Dave Meltzer addressed on the latest on Punk's AEW status in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, noting the former world champion is still under contract and is being paid by the promotion. Quote, Punk as of the weekend was still under contract to AEW and being paid. And those close to him say the hold up on his being released is all on the AEW side as he is ready and willing to move on to his next project. And also right. it sounds like punk is still going to be an AEW fight forever game. And also notes that those close to the situation say when it comes to the elite referencing punk stuff from all out, in the trios match last week, uh, there is no chance seemingly of him coming back, and that Fair wasn't a tease for the, him potentially coming back.
1: No, yeah, because I saw last week people were doing the sort of "oh, it's a, it's to work now." He's definitely coming back, and it's like if CM Punk came back, I, just, I'm just I'm just done with this. I really am done with the all out stuff. It's just let's concentrate on the new stuff, please, please.
0: Yeah. I hear you on that. But uh but as for the AEW video game thing, that was partly why I wanted to bring it up because I know we want to eventually talk about and play it and such. Yeah. But um it doesn't surprise me, he'll still be in the game, partly because he was on the cover, but also because Cody's still in the game. So yeah. at this point, you know, if they've done all the work for it, just just leave him in there, you know. Like what's it gonna hurt? Don't mean to me. If- Kind of done it for two K twenty two. I mean, probably now about a third of those
1: wrestlers aren't in the company anymore,
0: or ironically now are back in the company. Yeah, but. they left, but they
1: came <laughs> back <laughs> since the game came out.
0: I mean, look, hey, Mia Yim's come back, but Reckoning technically hasn't. No, <laughs> despite I being mean, the same person.
1: But I mean, I mean, T Bar has evolved into Die Jack again with his hard justice on NXT, big shades, and a big leather trench coat.
0: Like he's some from the Matrix. <laughs> I, I actually do want to play GM mode. I haven't played that in a while. But uh, that's they, they've not I, done yeah. it, they've not done any more updates to it, have they? Not to
1: my knowledge. Not to my knowledge. Um, I don't know if it's because they are now starting to work on two K twenty three. Maybe. I mean, sometimes it's. I always think it's like have a base game. It's like what I think they should do for things like FIFA. Have a base game and build on that. So like make make the base game like free to play and then build on the extra cool stuff for
0: money but anyway that's that's video game channel the last patch update per the 2k22 blog was july apparently flipping egg was it i swear there's been one since then Uh, i think it featured heavily in sales as well just back black friday so yeah uh sorry sorry just this we're gonna read this one patch note from from the most recent patch addressed reported concerns regarding warping issues when a reversal is triggered. <laughs> I have no okay. context for what that means, but that's a funny line to end on. Good Fair sir, enough. before we wrap up for today, any other notes before we make a quick note regarding upcoming programming?
1: Uh, nothing for me, really.
0: Um, Of course, if you would like
1: to talk to us about any of the stuff that we've talked about in this episode, we'll talk about wrestling in general, then give us one helluva kick of an email over to bunkermania at bunkerzilla.co.uk. I'm keeping tradition going. I'm using the wrestling moves.
0: <laughs> and as mentioned, folks, if you found us through your audio platform of choice or you found us on YouTube, thank you very much for checking us out. We hope you enjoyed the show. In terms of upcoming programs, with it coming up to the height of the festival-like period, that is the holiday season. I December. It's Christmas. Just sod it, Jeremy. I mean, I mean, um, it's
1: gonna, it's gonna be Santa Slays. Goldberg's gonna come out. He's gonna kill people dressed as Santa Claus. And San- and and Hulk Hogan will return as Santa with muscles. He's
0: got muscles, Jeremy. Muscles. So, in terms of upcoming programming, <laughs> just to derail that completely, we are gonna try and get another podcast or two up. In terms of live shows. At this stage, we'll probably say unlikely before the beginning of next year, but not impossible. We'll see how no. things work out. But we're going to try and get another podcast or two up before year's end. One of those, at the very least, will more than likely be some kind of 2022 wrap-up. And we've already alluded to a few bits and bobs and that as to many things we could discuss mm-hmm. and such. We may also, Ian, because I don't think we've actually, we would probably try and catalogue it in some way. We, we may try and go back through our predictions that we did a couple of months ago and see how many of those have or haven't come true if you recall any, we did like I don't big, think
1: any I don't think any of them have come true <laughs> I mean maybe maybe we should make year predictions rather than towards the end of yeah. the year
0: in fairness actually one of the one of the first things we should do in 23 is then go back through the predictions that we did for the last quarter of 22 that makes more sense but I mean, either way I,
1: go on I mean I I did successfully predict in over at the WrestleTalks prediction side of things that Tony Khan would buy enough
0: brand and he did <laughs> I am a soothsayer <laughs> so we'll go through our our q4 predictions and see how they were at some point like like i mentioned 2022 year in review of some kind in some way shape yeah. or form will be upcoming and who knows we may just talk about a retro event again or just some other subject here and there we'll just see where which ways that the that the winter winds blow as it were whoosh But on that note, thank you very much for watching and all listening. From myself, the giraffe and me, Jeremy Graves, from him, the decadent Mr. Ian Bolton, you've been listening to the Bunker Mania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Until next time, take care and speak to you soon. Festive tidings, everyone! Enjoy the show. Discover more Bunkazilla Originals at bunkazilla.co.uk. Ooooooh! Mm-hmm.